Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After spending the night in the Court of Serenity, Thomas, Gary, and Ostrogon are surprised when Judge Jessica Felcher levies charges against them for the destruction of the ancestors in the town of Golden Sands. After much arguing, the attorneys accept that they have no choice and convene inside a sarcophagus to plan their defense before one of the Anubi opens the lid and brings them forth to court. I do declare, Your Honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, let's, let's go for it, Gary and Ostrogon. <sighs> let's go. Uh, Mr. Mogbal, would you like to stay in this configuration during the trial? With me on your shoulders. Uh, fine. I think it makes us more intimidating. We are at least normal height, yes. It makes both of you considerably less intimidating. Well, wait, 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 wait. Here, here. And I take the snuggy cloak that I've only been given and I throw it over Ostrogon. So now we're just a long, like a tall figure in a cloak. Because you yeah. can't see this people stacked. As you move, every now and then, a step at a wrong angle exposes you a little bit. Um, <laughs> but... Oh, well, you look stylish. We look scary. And we cut to the inside of the courtroom. We see Ostrogon atop Gary next to Thomas sitting before the bench. And we see uh, Paluman at another bench. Paluman has put on a little clip-on tie and uh, is very vociferously flipping through the pages of this leaflet. And Jessica takes her seat at the judge's bench. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, you may be seated. Paluman sits. We come before this court today to hear the case of the ancestors versus Gary Magbile and Thomas... Thomas. Uh, you don't know my last name, Jessica. <laughs> Are you joking? Uh, Michael actually did forgot Thomas's last name. Phelps. <laughs> Thank you. Your Honor, Jesus this court Christ. is already a sham. She's already gone too far, Thomas. I demand this case be dismissed. We are here today to hear the case 
of Thomas Phelps and Gary Mogbile versus the wrongful death of the ancestors. Ostragon. Your Honor, is Ostragon the wizard excused? Ostragon the wizard was not present in the room of the murder and therefore not being charged. Dope. And he hops off of you, Gary, and goes and sits, like, in the seats in the jury. Uh, Your Honor, am I dismissed on the count of being murdered? (laughs) No. (laughs) Why not? Because this court has ruled it so. Wow. This man incinerated me. What are you doing? (laughs) Your Honor, I think we just got a confession right there. You may sentence After this case is complete, you are more than welcome to present evidence of your own murder, and we can try that case at another time. That will not be necessary, I assure you. All right. In that case, let us begin. And Jessica will uh, take her seat, and she'll bang the gavel. You may begin with your opening statements, counsels. Your Honor, we have multiple eyewitness testimony as to Mr. And he looks down at his notes. Mogpile and Mr. Phelps's involvement in the murder of the residents of the town of Golden Sands. We believe there to have been roughly ten ancestors and one still living, according to eyewitness accounts. Furthermore, when we arrived at the scene... The accused fled, and they not only fled, they used their magics upon myself to put me to sleep and continued to bamboozle the court. When they arrived, they then pled all manner of inscrutable defense. Uh, Mr. Phelps, I believe, claimed to be an ancestor himself, despite his destruction of the ten beforehand. In the court of serenity, we honor our ancestors. We honor all life here including on life, to allow them to get away with what is essentially a serial killing would be a great injustice. You see, some of the mummies go, I rest my Are you quite done, prosecution? Excuse me, defense will speak not out of turn. Thank you. Plus one to the prosecution. All right, well, will you like to tell me it's my turn, Jessica? Because you didn't say if it was defense or prosecution first. You just said counsels go for it. So I'm a little confused about whose turn it is right now. The prosecution will always open in this case, and then the defense will proceed. But the prosecution did not rest from their opening statement. I rest. The defense may now present their opening statements. All right. The defense would like to propose that we didn't kill anybody at all because we did not. In fact, it was the staff that was on the scene that was broken that killed Thomas, you take just one point of that as you feel like your stomach turn a little bit. Ow? Why? I didn't lie. The staff did. The staff is what killed everyone. That was there, including myself, by the way. You gained the hit point back. (laughs) All right, there we go. Not only that, but the prosecution's claim is completely preposterous. The people that are accused in this court right now did not put him to sleep. That would be the judge currently right now. We had absolutely nothing to do with that. So I don't know what he's trying to claim at all. The jury goes... (laughs) Not only that, but... I never claimed to be an ancestor at all. And even if I did, that is completely hearsay. Only the prosecution would have known that. And he cannot submit that as evidence because 
Again, it is hearsay, so I would like that stricken from the record. You have plus one. And my final piece of evidence here is that, like I said before, we didn't kill anyone. The staff did. But even well, so, I, I the did. ancestors were the ones... Yes, Gary? I, what, Gary? I, I did kill some zombies in self-defense before the staff. Oh, sorry, I rolled bad. You take six points of damage. Ow! The ancestors were the ones that were the killers there. They absolutely demolished ate anything you could think of, slashed up our horses. So, who's the real killer here is what I would like to ask. In this court, you are going to be rolling with disadvantage. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) motherfucker. 15. Ooh, they rolled a 15, but their bonuses bring it up to a 17. My other roll was a natural 20. (gasps) Damn. Damn. I'm sorry, y'all. Okay, you see a great number of the jury go. As they seem to be swayed in one direction. Now that we have heard the opening statements of both sides, it is time now to present any evidence and any testimony. The prosecution may begin first. Your Honor, the prosecution would like to call Your Honor to the stand. Very well. And Jessica will, like, stand up (laughs) from, like, the judge's spot, and she'll, like, kind of just shuffle over to the side and sit down in the witness stand. Is that allowed? In this court, it's all allowed. It's all fucking bad. Jessica, that is a severe conflict of interest. I demand you not be the judge of this case. I I think we do want her to be the judge. (sighs) Do we want her to be the witness, Gary? Uh... I, I don't know. I, 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 Is there an objection in there somewhere, counsel? Yes, I, I object to this whole no. situation right now. Jessica's bad, but any of them would be worse. Damn it. Fine, fine, proceed. Very well. And Jessica raises her hand and looks for, like, something to put her other hand on. Paluman offers the little pamphlet that he's been reading on <laughs> Law 101. <laughs> Jessica rests her left hand on the Law 101 book, raises her right hand and says, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me gods and not gods because it's a bit atheist around these parts and on the ancestors. Ayo. What? (laughs) Your Honor, where were you yesterday? Uh, Well, yesterday I arrived via a teleportation spell into the town of Golden Sands. The teleportation spell was cast by the wonderful wizard over there in the uh, gallery. Sup, dudes? And Ostrogon is just chilling in one of the seats. Feet kicked up, like, on yeah, one of the yeah, benches. Yeah, feet kicked up, and then uh, he looks, because uh, he has those little round sunglasses that he had, uh, he looks over the rim at, uh, at Gary and Thomas, and he gives you guys double thumbs up. I give him double middle fingers. <laughs> Jeez, tough crowd. And uh, I would say we arrived probably around midday in Golden Sands, and by we, I do mean myself, Mr. Ostrogon, Mr. Mogbile and Mr. Phelps. Very well. And were you present at the destruction of the residents of the town of Golden Sands? I was. Could you please give your account of the events that happened there? The two accused were in a pit of sorts in one of the adobe huts. At uh, such a time, we were trying to rescue them because they seemed to be in distress. We were concerned for our lives. There was a element of that. Mm. And the wizard Astragon then created a portal to help get uh, one of them out, so to speak, of the uh, pit. 
after the portal was created, uh, Mr. Mogbile had escaped through and then re-entered as Mr. Phelps had started to fight his way out. And then Mr. Mogbile broke the staff that the Dark Elf, I unfortunately do not remember his name or know his name at this time, uh, but broke the staff, created an explosion in which it destroyed all the ancestors and murdered the Dark Elf, as well as, as Mr. Phelps has pointed out, Mr. Phelps. And did this action seem intentional? Uh, the breaking of the staff, yes, was certainly intentional. <laughs> Although it's unclear whether the accused knew what the repercussions of their actions would be. Interest. Did the action seem necessary at that point in time? Yes, Thomas was in trouble. I think that there could have been a different path of action that could have been taken at that time. Thank you very much, Your Honor. You're welcome. And now the defense (laughs) has the opportunity to cross-examine the witness if they so choose. You mean yourself, Your Honor? (laughs) That is correct. Okay, I do so choose. Gary, and feel free to jump in at any moment. Sure. Very well, defense. The floor is yours. So, Jessica, I believe the prosecution instructed you to give the accounts of the event in full detail. Is that not correct? That would be correct, yes. You seem to have left out many, many details, which I would be happy to call on witnesses to instruct you on what exactly happened there. If there are any details that I might have missed, you are welcome to present them and I can confirm or deny those details. I absolutely will. Let's start at the beginning when we were teleported to Golden Sands. Were we or were we not attacked by a horde of ancestors that went and killed one of our horses? Unprovoked. The ancestors were certainly approaching us, and it was not necessarily clear if it was an approach of a menacing sort of way. I mean... When you're not used to seeing the undead walking at you, that could be uh, described as menacing. One of the mummies clutches their pearls. (laughs) Jessica, our horse, your horse, Wade, who loved you very, very much and would have loved to see this life again, was murdered. Is that not true? Yes, Wade was murdered. By who? By the ancestors. Correct. Plus one. However, it was not until the ancestors were attacked by the party that they committed that act. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. Go ahead and tell them why, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) They attacked first, Your Honor. If I do recall, Your Honor, you were knocked out. That is correct. uh, During this attack by said ancestors. And so was Mr. Phelps. That's also true. So I was, in fact, the only one left to fend for my my friends and horses. And if my recollection is correct as well, before... You were knocked out. You don't know that. (laughs) But before I was knocked out, I did manage to cast a couple of spells in defense of our party as well. In defense, you say? But that was before I was attacked. So you claim we were defending ourselves. Uh, Is that correct, Your Honor? It appeared to be in self-defense at the time. Ah, However, given the broader spectrum of events, it is possible that we might have jumped the gun. Jumped the gun. So, if we were to go back to that moment in time, are you telling me you would not cast any spells in defense, as you claim? 
even after you saw what became of Wade? With the events surrounding Wade, I probably would not have changed my actions. No. Ah. But the actions prior to Wade, certainly probably, if I had had more information about the situation at the time, might have started and then thus ended differently. The mummies seem very confused. All of them are like, <laughs> I see. Let's fast forward a little bit. So you mentioned that Mr. Mogbile and myself found ourselves in a pit, but you did not mention how we got there, as you were not present. So you cannot confirm or deny half of those events, but let me instruct you on what did happen as Mr. Mugby and myself were there. We were kidnapped against our will and thrown into the pit. This, excuse me, uh, your, uh, nope, no, I'm the honor. My honor. <laughs> now, counsel, if you wish to submit recollections of events that are your own, you will gladly be able to put yourself on the stand. However, you cannot have me here as a witness just to confirm or deny something that I could not have witnessed because I was passed out. That's what I'm telling you. You can't confirm or deny, so I'm not asking you to do so because you don't have that ability. Yes, but you cannot present this evidence to a witness that has no ability to confirm or deny the, uh, the evidence that you're presenting in this moment. You have to have a witness that can confirm or deny that stuff on the stand. So why were you telling the prosecution what happened in the pit if you were not there to confirm or deny it? You can't present that evidence either because you weren't there as a witness. The breaking of the staff, you were not there. How could you That's correct. give your account on that? I was there. I was... Oh, were you? You were in that pit with Gary and I? I was not necessarily in the pit, but uh-huh. I was looking through the crack of the adobe. How could you look through the cracks? So your vision was obscured is what you're telling us. You did not have clear sight of the purpose perpetrator or his weapon. I believe what I was trying to say was that Mr. Phelps was about to present evidence of how you got to the pit. I was not witness for that. Therefore, I can neither confirm nor deny those events. Okay. I can confirm and deny any events of which I was a witness at the time of you being in the pit and being chatted with by the elf. Then allow me to enlighten you, the witness, about what did happen. You don't have to confirm or deny anything because you weren't there. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Well, the point of having a witness on the stand we are is fast asking forwarding, questions of the witness. Your Honor, we are fast-forwarding to If you are not events. going to be asking the questions... I will get uh, to the question, Your Honor. If you will Honor. not be asking questions... You will be held contempt of court if you interrupt the witness slash judge any further. I believe it is my right as a lawyer to interrupt the witness whenever I please. Yes, but, but things are complicated. Am I talking I to a judge or a judge. witness right now? You tell me. At this point in time, you are talking with the judge. If you continue to interrupt and if you continue to persist on no questions for the witness the witness will be excused and you may call a new witness in which to ask the appropriate questions of your honor we are going to fast forward to the parts you were a witness of right wonderful now am i speaking to the witness again (laughs) yes you are okay i'm gonna ask you a question we're in the pit now we're in the pit so we we were gary and i were kidnapped just so everyone knows put in the pit we're in this pit now Right. Let the record show that I can neither confirm nor deny those events. Okay. Please proceed. Neither can you confirm nor deny that we were about to be attacked by the ancestors in the pit. But that also happened. Anyway, the part that you did witness, your vision was entirely obscured due to only seeing certain events through a crack. You did not get a full scope of anything. So there's no way you could confirm or deny that 
either. Is that not correct? At the time, I did not believe that my vision was obstructed in any way whatsoever. Well, you cannot deny the However, possibility. If the DM says that the crack was some sort of obscuring vision, it did not at the time feel like it was. Your Honor, how can a crack in a hut give you a view of the entire hut? Plus one to the defense. Yes. Good, Gary. Good. Your Honor, Mr. Phelps and I attempted an escape after being kidnapped against our will, and upon escape, we were met with more hostility. There was no intent on murdering anyone when we were trying to escape. We were merely trying to get out of danger. At that point, a portal was summoned by our friend Ostrogon, who has somehow become irrelevant. Nah, dude. Has somehow become irrelevant to the situation and is now over there in the gallery, but uh, nonetheless... I was able to make my way through the portal. Mr. Phelps here was unable to because then the elf had leaped into the pit after our friend Thomas. So, as a way to assist my partner, I stuck my head through the portal and I destroyed the staff because it was not to my knowledge that this would have a damaging effect to the surrounding organisms in the area. While this is going on, Jessica kind of gives Paluman a look like, I'm the judge, I can't object. There doesn't seem to be a question here. (laughs) Okay. She tries to give that look in some way to him. Shall I roll something for that? Paluman smiles at you. Roll a performance to see how expressive your facial features are. It's an eight. Great. Hell yeah. Carry on. My goodness, where was I? I was interrupted by thought waves from the judge. (laughs) You are uh, unknowingly breaking the staff, not knowing its effects. Yes, I am not a student of the arcane arts. I have no knowledge of the arcane arts. So uh, breaking this staff, I was not aware of the consequences. Uh, yes, so this was all in self-defense, and, uh, I don't know if we have a question. For Not the, only uh, that, but... Objection! There is no question in that story. There is a question, actually, <laughs> after that entire story. What Gary's trying to ask is, this is not murder by his hands... Because it was not his hands that killed anyone. It was the magic that... that still doesn't sound like a I'm question there. to me. It was the magic that was released by the staff that killed everyone. Is that not correct, Your Honor? I mean, witness? Uh, yes, but this is now purporting that staffs kill people when, in fact, people kill people. But, Your Honor, aren't magical items sometimes of their own uh, intellect and their own whimsical powers? And those are all semantics, Your Honor. That's not evidence. The fact that staffs kill people, people kill people. Is that really evidence that you're willing to submit here, witness? No, that is just mere psychological preference. Objection. This is conjecture. That's what I'm trying to get at. It is conjecture. Sustained. So stricken from the record. (sighs) Holloman gives you a very excited thumb up. Did the staff not kill everyone, Your Honor? The staff did, in fact, kill everyone after being broken by Mr. Mogbile. <clears throat> the mummies, again, look very confused. They're like... Oh. Your Honor, I believe your view was also obstructed during this event. 
because how could you peer through the size of my keister through the portal? I was not looking through the keister, nor the portal. I was looking through the adobe's cracks, at which point in time I had a much clearer view because Ostrogon was preoccupied with keeping the portal open. So you saw Gary physically break this staff through the crack? That seems hard to believe. I sure did. Hmm. It's not hard to believe when it was very surface level. It wasn't in the pit. I don't know it if was you did, above Jessica. The there was a lot Objection. of... Objection. The court is continuing their hair to badger the witness on the single line of questioning. If they do not have a new point to make, I am motioning for the court to move on. I will allow the continued line of questioning from the defense. Jessica, uh, your honor, I'm asking, not asking you, I am saying that there is no possible way that you could have seen a clear view of Gary breaking the staff, given that there was three people rolling around in that pit on top of the staff, myself included, and the the sorcerer that was a part of that little tussle as well. It, I could barely see what was going on in there, and I was standing in the pit, so there's no way that you threw a crack through my body, through through the sorcerer's body, to Gary's hands, you could get a very clear view of what happened. Is that not correct? I think I had quite a clear view based off of the uh, auditory... They're so confused. The auditory descriptions that were being given at the time. Auditory? Auditory is not the same as visual, Your Honor. Well, in this medium, it kind of is both. (laughs) But do not deny the possibility that maybe... It's just a possibility. I'm not saying this happened. That... Maybe through all the confusion and the heat of the moment. Objection. If it didn't happen, then it is by definition conjecture. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It could have happened. Is it, I'm just saying, is it a possibility? But is there evidence to say it did happen? I'm asking the witness about the possibility of something. I'm getting the witness's expert opinion right now. Oh. Plus one to the defense. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Activate the defense. <laughs> is it possible that you may have missed something? As a being of sentient thought, there is always the possibility of mistake, so I cannot entirely rule that out. No. There we go. Plus one. And then my final question here before I give it to Gary was um, you left you left one important detail out of a lot of this. You didn't describe the entire party that was with us at the time. We were accompanied by someone that we have never met before. Is that correct? That is correct. The name was Tiro. That is correct. Another detail that our witness left out, by the way, and did not uh, tell the prosecution, but that's neither here nor there. Tiro... What was his objective, witness? To collect the staff. To collect the staff. That I then later learned that that was his objective. For whatever reasons, I am not sure. But he wanted the staff. I wanted the staff as well for different reasons, most likely, in order to get it away from everyone because it seemed dangerous. No intentions of breaking it at all. Gary's intention was very similar to get the staff. But the element of Tiro there is very important because we don't know where he's from. We don't know why he wants it. For all we know, he could have been using it for nefarious purposes as well. So my reason for... Objection. Relevance to the case. Very relevant. Sustained. Never mind. It was very relevant, Your Honor. You would have loved to hear about it, but too late, I guess. Fine. Objection overruled. I will humor the defense's line of thought for a moment. There was... Please make it succinct. There was no way for us to know in the moment 
whether Tiro was going to use the staff for good or evil. Is that not correct? I suppose that is correct, yes. There was no way, well, there was a way for me and Gary to know, but for you to know if the sorcerer was going to use the staff for good or evil. Is that correct? No, there was no way to necessarily know either way. Therefore, what Gary and I were trying to do was to remove the staff from the two individuals whose intentions were not clear, therefore trying to protect everybody at the scene. Gary had absolutely no intention of murdering anyone because he was trying to get the staff away from the people that could be murdering us who murdered our horses, right? Is that not correct? Correct. Correct. Then that's all I have to say about that. There was no way to know the intentions of anyone. All we do know is the intentions of our our, our defendant here, Gary Mogbile, who did not want to harm anyone but to remove the threat from the scene of the crime. <sighs> I do have... One last thing. The prosecution mentioned running away from arrest. Before you move on to that, you get a very tentative plus one. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) After uh, the uh, event of the explosion, Tiro had rendezvous with Miss Felcher and I. Is that correct? That would be correct, yes. Uh, In this moment, they had, for some reason, attempted to capture me and attacked me with certain spells did they not? That is correct, yes. There was, a, I believe, a invisible pantsing spell. As well as another one that I don't remember. It was some attack because my AC was able to save me from that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that case, I was fleeing from the scene afterwards because I was trying to prevent capture. Would you believe that is correct? Yes, that is correct. You were fleeing from the scene to avoid capture from the Anubi that were cresting down the hill. Before that, I was avoiding capture from the Tiro and his Anu accomplice who had suddenly appeared. Uh, at that time, I do not believe you were running away, Mr. Mogbile. I believe you only started to run when you saw the Anubi come over the hill. Was I not already running when the pants were uh, summoned onto me? Uh, yes, they pantsed you after you started running, but you only started running when you felt threatened by the Anubi approaching, not In- necessarily mm. Tiro and Lucky. That is, I don't believe that is correct, Your Honor. I very much believe that is correct. Right, but what Gary's trying to say here is he wasn't running away from the scene of the crime because there is no crime committed by us. He was running from the threat of a mysterious group of people carrying spears. Yes, what I mean to say is after being attacked by this Tiro and other individual, I was still feeling threatened, especially after, yes, ten Anubi had crested the hill with their spears pointed towards us. I had felt threatened. Yes, you ran first initially because of the Anubi and then continued to run because of the new threat that you discovered from Tiro and Lucky. Palumon lifts a hand and looks to your honor. Uh, if If the prosecution has something to say, they are allowed to object or interject in some way, and then the judge will rule so. Objection. I would just like to offer an additional detail to the story. If you would like to bring your testimony, you may certainly call yourself to the stand or call uh, one of the other Anubi to the stand. At this time, however, we must conclude with the witness that is currently on the stand. Damn it. Uh, my last quick question. Why did you run, Your Honor? <laughs> I ran for similar reasons to Mr. Mogbile as uh, the Anubi were coming at us with spears and I did not know their intentions. So you feared for your life you were not running due to escaping a crime scene? That'd be correct, yes. 
plus one to the defense. Thank you. Yes. You're so much better at this than I am. No, you're, do- <laughs> you're doing great, assistant. You're doing great. You're getting better. So, should we mention the part about her putting the guy to sleep? Or do we? I mean, I cover that in the opening, but we can. Just, just to clarify once more for the court, uh, the judge, the, your honor, I, the witness, the damn witness, did uh, did tell the damn witness. Watch your language in this courtroom, young man. I apologize. Did tell a fib earlier. I mentioned in my opening statement, but the the accused had nothing to do with putting anybody to sleep. That is all on your honor. Yes, your honor. After um, well, as the Anubis, Anubi, Anubs were uh, chasing me. Objection! Racism. <laughs> Sustained. How is that racist? A slur. What's the slur, noob? Noobs. <laughs> After the no, as the noobs were chasing me. Hey, no more racist language in this courtroom, please. Your Honor, what is the correct term? Anubai. Thank you. After fleeing from the Anubai, Your Honor, did we not huddle up into a hut to hide from the Anubai? That would be correct, yes. And then, Your Honor, did you not summon a disguise spell and walk outside to one of the Anubai to uh, deceive this Anubai? into running into the wrong direction away from us. Paluman looks at you with watery eyes. <laughs> Jessica looks back into them as she answers, Yes. Yes, I did. And who could blame her? He is crestfallen. Who could blame her? We had no idea what the intentions of these men with pointed spears had. So out of self-defense, we fled from the crime with any means necessary. Not the crime. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the supposed we crime. We fled from the Anubai by any means necessary. Except violent. Not only that, but as previously stated, the witness took it one step further by putting the Anubai to sleep. So one could say that the judge of this case actually had more malintent to commit harm to certain individuals than our dear old friend Gary here did. <laughs> Now, uh, did you or did you not do that, witness? I did, in fact, put the Anubai in question to sleep and then disguise myself to send them in the opposite direction. However, if that is seen as violent by the accused, I am shocked and dismayed to hear that because that feels a, a rather more gentle approach than, say, destroying ten ancestors and an elf in an adobe hut. Forcing someone to do something against their will without consent is one of the most vile and violent things I could think of, witness. No response. No further questions, your honor. Plus one. (laughs) Very well. The witness is dismissed from the stand. Thank you for your testimony. You're welcome, your honor. And Jessica stands up from the witness stand and shuffles back over to the judge's seat. I'm sweating here, Thomas. The prosecution may now call their next witness if they would like to do so. Gary, if we had brownie points, I'd think we'd have about plus seven right now. (laughs) The prosecution calls uh, Ostragon the wizard to the stand. Oh, no. I am! Ostragon, witness of the Tower of Ostragon. And he, like, bounces over with joy to the witness stand. He's, oh, wait, 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 and he leaves the pyramid and then slams back in and goes, I'm here. And he dances over to the witness stand. How may I be able to see you? 
Mr. Ostrogon, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? For shizzle. <laughs> Excellent. You may be seated. Prosecution, you may proceed with your questioning. Uh, Mr. Ostrogon, you are a wizard, correct? That is correct, yes. So would you say you have a solid grasp on the concept of uh, magical items? Yes, I certainly would. Would it be fair to say that the destruction of a staff is a harmful practice? In 99.9% of cases, yes. Anytime a staff has any sort of magical energy in it, it has to go somewhere, most often into the direct surroundings. In fact, it is a miracle that it seems the staff had some property to protect Mr. Mogbile from death. Uh, otherwise, we would not have a witness here today. Oh, and he looks at Gary and goes, S -s Sorry, uh, I just, I love giving knowledge. Um, <clears throat> yeah, very well. Would you say this is... Common knowledge. Magical items are no stranger to our world. Anyone with a basic elementary education can oh only destroy goodness. a magical item is going to release the try. Just like Gary, I don't get it. What did you think was going to happen? Incorrect. It's Obviously, <laughs> I'm a witness of that. Is there an objection in their defense? Then you will please refrain from those outbursts no, in the future. No, Your Honor. Actually, yes. Mr. Phelps here is a student of magic, and even he did not know this was a consequence of breaking the staff. Well, then I suppose he wasn't a very good student of magic. <laughs> I suppose that means the that it is... The uh, objection is overruled. Objection for insulting the accused? Sustained. I did, in fact... Case dismissed? Uh, <laughs> insult case dismissed. A hostile judge? Clearly biased? Case dismissed? <laughs> so, Mr. Ostragon, would you say that regardless of intent, breaking a staff and releasing the magical charges would be an exceptional case of negligence and at the very least, manslaughter? Ostragon looks around the courtroom. He looks at Gary and he says, Yes, I, Gary, like the staff, really? It's, yes, it's negligent. It's negligent. I hope to teach him more in the future. I don't think there was hostile intent, and I think intent has to count for something. But it's, it's an negligent action. It just is. Ostrogon? Yes? You will never see a hoagie for as long as you live. He takes two points of psychic damage. Ow. Mr. Mockbile, I hope you're not mad at me. The defense will please refrain from badgering the witness. Thank you. Will the witness refrain from badgering the accused? The witness will answer the questions as they are asked, and they will answer them honestly as they have done so, so far. Please continue. Will the judge refrain from badgering the accused? <laughs> the prosecution rests. So... Ostrogon. Yes. How are you today? I'm, I'm okay. That's fantastic. I would just like to remind the witness where where their roots come from and know that just mere 15 minutes ago, you were up here in the hot seat with us. Just just saying that. Don't forget that, okay? I, I remember. So, Ostrogon, you mentioned previously that when breaking a magical staff, there is a 99.9% .9 chance of it having damaging effects. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Not 100%. Well, nothing is 100% in life. Then you agreed that uh, magic is very unpredictable by nature. Uh, as a wizard, I beg 
otherwise. I have to be- I beg to differ. <laughs> Do you know all there is to know about magic? Of course not. No one knows all there is to know about anything. So how could you be absolutely certain about the magic in this particular staff? Because I understand how staffs work in general, what so I don't... behave responsibly. Mm. Have you seen a staff of this nature before? Yes, I have one myself. And he holds it up. Of necrotic ability? Uh, perhaps not necrotic, but I've seen them. They're not uncommon. That one was exceptionally powerful, but that is why you take these precautions. You wouldn't wave a loaded crossbow around, would you? But in theory, could one not use magic ability in a staff to, say, heal other uh, uh, creatures? Correct. Right? So, in that sense, we were unaware of what kind of magic was in the staff. How could we know for certain that it was damaging magic? Are you sure you don't want to be on the witness stand? Uh, what is the point one percent? I don't know. There you go. I'm you don't know. You don't know exactly. Therefore, the we point, can't know either. No, no, you you're pissing me off a little bit. <laughs> the point is, no one can be a hundred percent certain of anything in life at all. Then you agree. You go to take a shit. You are ninety nine point nine percent sure you're going to drop a shit. There is a point one percent chance. Maybe a little fairy comes out. Um, maybe, uh, maybe you find crabs. I don't know. Life is unpredictable. As a student of the world, you have to account for the fact that nothing ever fires exactly the same way all the time. However, in a court of law, evidence is always 100%. And the only evidence that is 100% correct that we do have is the fact that Gary did not want to kill anybody. Everything else is pure conjecture. There is no way to have known for 100%. There is no concrete evidence as to the defendant's motive because that is impossible to prove in court. Sustained. Well, I suppose that's true. But plus one of the prosecution. You said it was common knowledge to everybody that staffs if they're broken have the potential to damage or kill people. You said that's common knowledge? Yes. You are a wizard yourself though. Yes. How could you possibly possibly claim that this is common knowledge if you grew up in a wizarding background taught by wizards. You are yourself a wizard. We live in a magical world, Mr. Phelps. You are speaking as if this is common knowledge to everyone, but you only have the experience that a wizard has. You want to call someone else up and ask? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay, who do you want to call? Whoa, are you, th- are you in charge? Are you in charge? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the witness will refrain from doing the judge's duties at this time. Thank you. Sorry. The defense would like to call your honor back to the witness stand. So the defense is now done with this witness. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Ostrogon, for your time. You may step down from the stand. Thank you, your honor. Stupid wizard. Does the prosecution have any further witnesses they would like to call? The prosecution would like to put on the record that they would call any of the citizens of Golden Sands. However, they are completely annihilated, and so that cannot be done. The prosecution rests. Very well. Thank you, prosecution. Defense, it is now your turn to call witnesses. We call your honor to the stand. Very well. Jessica stands up from the judge's spot, sidesteps over to the witness stand, sits back down, places her hand on the pamphlet, raises her hand and goes, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me gods and all the other things. And maybe not gods because it's a little bit atheist here. Bye. Well, we're going to put that to the test. You swearing the truth here. I will remind you, you are a wizard, is that correct? That is correct, yes. At that moment in time, did you know 
that breaking the staff would have this violent effect. Yes, I did. And you let me do it? I mean, I didn't know that you wanted to break the staff. You weren't saying anything to me, Gary. Okay, witness, you knew for a 100% fact that this staff that Gary broke would murder everybody in sight. 100%. 100%. You knew that. You knew all of the repercussions of breaking the staff. All of them. As the witness... Ostrogon has stated, there is no certainties in life. However, if there are no certainties in life, that means there can be no certainties in the courtroom. So, what Mr. Phelps had said earlier... Whose fucking side are you on? ...means that you can't necessarily have certainties in the courtroom. You can only have what evidence you have to best move forward with the case. Evidence and facts are 100%, but... It seems like no, we No, I did not necessarily know for certain it's... what would happen. But as a student of magic, I understand that staves, magical staves in particular, come with a certain number of magical charges in them. And when broken, that energy has to go somewhere. <laughs> Everybody's saying that fucking phrase. <laughs> That's because if there were like a rule book or something to like life in this realm or something, you might find it there in that particular phrasing of sorts. If there is a being who has no knowledge in magic whatsoever, do you really think they would know the effects of breaking a magical staff that they have never wielded themselves before? The mummies go... (laughs) (laughs) Plus one. Plus one. Pity plus one to the defense. (laughs) I think it is certainly possible that someone with no magical knowledge could make that mistake. And, you know, mistakes happen. But the consequences still must be upheld. There is no mistake made. Gary was trying to save people that day. But back to what I was saying, there is no 100% here. Therefore, this whole case, since there's no solid, clear evidence or facts, we can't really pin anything on Gary because there is no certainty as to whether he intended to kill anyone or not. A 99.9% chance is as certain as you're going to get in life, good sir. And if you don't think that that's enough... Perhaps there shouldn't even be court systems anymore. But that can be a... You are correct, Your Honor. Actually, something happens here. You say this statement about the courts, Jessica. Gary vehemently agrees with you. And you even see the mummies go... (sighs) And as that happens, Uh Thomas, you take... Oh, Oh, fuck. Okay, not as bad as it could have been. You take seven points of damage. Ah, stop. I strongly disagree, Jessica. I see your point, but without courts, there would be no order, there would be no uh, holding people accountable for anything. We need the courts for a clear purpose. We also need the courts to find innocence in people that are accused of wrongdoing. Gary here, our friend, is 100% innocent. innocent. And without the court, he would be taken advantage of. He would be trapped in a jail cell for no good reason. We need the courts in order to save our friends. That's why we have them. One of the mummies snaps, and you get one hit point back. (laughs) Oh, thank God. (laughs) Do I get shoes? No. No. You get to not permanently die. <laughs> you are forever living in other people's shoes. Oh, good. Oh, that's deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> Beautifully stated, Mr. Phelps. Do you have any more questions, Gary? Was there a question in there? No, I... <laughs> Objection, there is no question in that statement. I think I'm done. I don't think we have any other witnesses to call, do we? Tony the Pony. 
The doors burst open and you hear, the jury calls Anthony the Pony to the stand. <laughs> no, no, And Tony walks like upright, like on two yeah. legs. Like <laughs> It's just, we get Will Arnett to be Tony the Pony and he just sounds like Bojack. Wait, <laughs> hang on. I mean, me as Michael, I would like to just remind you that it is canon that Tony can write mm-hmm. with a pen in his mouth. So there is a way for him to be intelligible on the stand. The defense calls Tony the pony to the stand. <laughs> uh, Jessica goes, okay, Miss Felcher, you are dismissed from the stand. Oh, why, thank you, Your Honor. And uh, Jessica stands up, shuffles back over to the judge's spot, sits down, and goes, uh, the court will now uh, bring Tony the pony to be a witness in this trial. <laughs> Tony seems to have had his ear pressed up to one of the hallways, very anxiously listening to the outcome of the court case. And upon hearing this, he very timidly walks inside. After Tony is seated, uh, Jessica says, Now, Mr. The Pony, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? He vigorously nods. <laughs> Wonderful. The defense may begin their line of questioning. Mr. The Pony, may I call you Tony? <laughs> He nods. Tony, I would like to remind you that you are in a court of law, and the next time you make- Objection, this is ridiculous. The Tony, the Tony the Pony cannot understand language. He, he just responded to my question. With a nod and a, and a Your Honor. Sustained if the defense can prove that uh, Mr. the Pony has intelligible ways of communicating with you. Tony, if you can hear me, clap twice for yes, once for no. He claps his hooves twice. There you have it. Tony, can you fly? (laughs) He shakes his head no. Uh, And then tries to jump in the air and clatters back down onto the stand. Please clap twice for yes, once for no. He claps once. There you have it, Your Honor. Very well. The court is satisfied. Please continue with your questioning. Tony, I would like to remind you that you are in a court of law. And the next time you make an appearance in court, you are to shower and look well-groomed. You are disgusting (laughs) right now. I... You didn't even have to call him. All right. Entirely unpresentable. Oh, my God. A little tear comes down his face. Your Honor, there's no showers here. The defense will please refrain from battering the witness. Please. I am only trying to uphold your court, Your Honor. I am trying to help you here. Anyway, Tony, you were there for all the events that occurred, yes? (laughs) He claps twice. Great. I would like to ask you two very important questions. Number one. Your dear friend Wade the horse. Was he Oh Tony, do you need a second? Do you need tissues? Any any coffee? He shakes his head no and like does like a go on hand signal with his <laughs> Okay. Tony, if you need anything, you let us know. You are you, you are under a lot of stress and we are here for you, okay? <laughs> so this is gonna be very difficult, but was your dear friend Wade the horse? Was he or was he not? brutally murdered by the ancestors. He nods his head yes and claps his hoops twice. (laughs) I am so sorry you had to witness that. Is there any way you could describe for us how badly he was murdered? He like raises his eyebrows. You see like tears rolling in his eyes and he goes and he shakes his head no. Tony doesn't have the ability to describe in that detail. He can only really answer yes or no questions. I apologize, Tony. That was a bad question on my part. I am so sorry. And Tony gives you like a knowing, nervous look as you seem to have remembered (laughs) that he was unconscious from the moment you all arrived in Golden Sands. Right. But anyway, 
My second point uh, that I wanted to ask you, Tony, was there any moment during any part of this event, the beginning, middle, end, where you feared for your life? <laughs> he nods his head yes and claps twice. Because of the ancestors? <laughs> he shakes his head no and claps twice. Hmm. Okay. Because of the zombies. Because of the zombies? He looks at Gary for, like, guidance. I mean, what can I say? Yes, you were about to be killed by zombies. <laughs> and he very vigorously <laughs> shakes his head yes. Oh my goodness. And claps twice. Were you not threatened by the men charging at you with spears, the Anubai? He looks a little like he's questioning again and he, he slowly begins nodding his head as if to see if you approve of this answer. <laughs> yeah, I nod. And he, and he nods his head yes. <laughs> he claps his hands twice. At this point, Jessica is kind of sitting at her spot looking a little uncomfortable and she's kind of like looking at what's going on and then looking over at Paluman and the prosecution table and kind of looking back and she's like just kind of glancing back and forth kind of a bit nervously. Paluman is very confused by this whole affair. But he, he definitely catches your glance and he starts observing a little closer. Do we, do we have any other questions for the uh, Tony? My only final one is, uh, Tony, when you leave here today, do you have any methods by which you could bathe or brush your teeth, clean oh your hooves? If not, okay. the court is willing to provide that for you. By the standards of uh, our other companion, Popcorn, we could get you very well groomed like he is, be, behave Behavior. Uh, we could get someone to help you out with that. Behavior. Cut to popcorn in the gallery looking like absolute shit. <laughs> yeah, popcorn is beat to hell right now. By his normal standards, anyway. Uh, popcorn at this point, much to your, even though you haven't seen it, but if you could see it, much to your dismay, is listening intently to the court case. He seems to be a little concerned for what's going on in here. All right. No further questions for Mr. The Pony here. Um, plus one to the defense. Yes. Would the prosecution like to cross-examine the witness? Yes. Mr. The Pony, were you... Wait a second. You weren't there. Were you conscious for any of these, Mr. The Pony? Tony gives a very, like, wide-eyed glance at Gary. Any of this? Yes. He was conscious for That's parts right. of this. Yes. <laughs> he nods his head yes and, and claps his hooves twice. You were. I don't remember you being there. Uh, Mr. The Pony, were you a direct witness to the murder of a Wade the Horse? He glances wide-eyed at Gary. I don't think you were, Tony. <sighs> he lets out a breath and goes... <laughs> shakes his head no, claps his hoops once. So, the prosecution would like to make a motion to dismiss Mr. The Pony's testimony. In no, we still have the threat of the Anubai. Would the prosecution like to clarify their motion, please? The Yes! Yes, we would. And he's flipping through his, his pamphlet and he goes, uh, the defendants are not currently on trial for evading capture. It was brought up but it is not the main charge. The main charge is the destruction of the ancestors. And as to their motive in uh, the danger posed by the ancestors, Mr. The Pony could not be a reliable witness. Objection, Your Honor. The evading capture was used as evidence in regards to the main reason we're on the stand. Objection. Tony the Pony was attacked by the zombies in this uh, account. Was Mr. The Pony a witness to this? He shakes his head no and claps his hoops. A witness to his own attack? Yes. How could he not be a witness? He was knocked out by a zombie. No, he was knocked out by the teleportation. The teleportation. Oh. Uh, 
you. Okay, let me uh, let me try to. There was a lot of objectifying going on just now, so uh, <laughs> let me try to deal with each objection as it's come. Mr. Phelps, what was your objection again, please? I object to the prosecution's current brushing past him accusing us of running away from the scene of the crime because for this entire case, he's used that as evidence to pin us as murderers, so we cannot readily dismiss that point like he wants to. But this was an occurrence after the crime for which you were being tried, so I would like to make a motion to dismiss Tony Deponi's uh, testimony since he was not a witness to the events leading up to the actual crime on trial. But if we are also throwing in the events afterward, such as running away from the Anubai, how could you? We were using that to demonstrate guilty demeanor. I believe your point has been made. Uh, You get a plus one for that. Oh, we do? But in terms of the actual events, the, the, the crime you're actually being tried for. Mr. The Pony's testimony will be split down the middle. The testimony referring to the guilty demeanor will be kept and anything before the events that he could have been witness to will be removed from the record. Well, Your Honor, then that would eliminate everyone's testimonies thus far with the exception of myself and Mr. Mogbile because we are the only two individuals present in this court that witnessed every single event from beginning to end. Actually, that would be me, except for the kidnap. Oh, that's right. I was knocked out too. Only Mr. Mogbile. The other testimonies have only testified to what they saw at the times that they could have seen it. So I will be dismissing your motion. The prosecution has no further questions. Mr. The Pony, you are now excused. Thank you for your time. He he goes to walk out and he brushes up against Gary on his way out. I pet Tony like you did good, pal. You should wash your hands, Gary, after touching him. Does the defense have any further witnesses to call to the stand? Well, Tommy Stoey. No. <laughs> no more witnesses. <laughs> Very well. The defense has come to a close at that point. We have now moved past the witness stations. How come you guys ain't done that one yet, huh? This, this is the Halftime Act with Nikki B. Hey, welcome to the Halftime Zone. I miss you guys. How you doing? All right. Well, it looks like it's that time of the year again, folks. Yep, the season is upon us. Football season. Scary stuff. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, and I guess, uh, yeah, Halloween too. Yeah, that, that one's also pretty spooktacular. I'm just kidding. I know Halloween's coming. All right, today's episode is brought to you by our favorite sponsor, you. Guys, that's right. If you love Drimbus, then you already know you can hop on over to patreon.com slash Drimbus and help keep the shenanigans running. Not only do you help make this show possible, but you get tons of fun benefits like exclusive merch, our Discord, and perhaps our favorite perk. Patron exclusive bonus content. Ladies and gentlefish, it's October, and you know what that means? It's spoopy season. 
So get your popcorn, get your jacks, and get your lanterns, and gather around for our special Halloween patron-only series, Haunted Hearts, our playthrough of You Were Never Really Here by Ben Chong. A GM-less game featuring our own Giancarlo Herrera, Michael Pisani, and the man the Fernandez Acosta as three wacky characters investigating a ghost. Listen, if you dare. I guess I'll start with just introducing myself. Uh, Go for it. Do it. Yes. My name is Harry Werner. Um, I am an 87-year-old man. I emigrated to this small town in my 50s. I am originally uh, from Germany. I am dressed in a uh, large black snuggie all the time. Uh, My eyes are pale blue and sunken in and I have a fascination for the paranatural. If I had to describe myself (laughs) in two words or less as the text is telling me to do, I would say old creepy. Great. (laughs) That was my nickname in high school. Okay, Pathani, who are you? (laughs) Oh, hello there. (laughs) We got twins. My name is Lilibeth Spalding. I come from across the pond, and I have come to uh, investigate this haunting here going on. Which pond did you cross? I have also crossed the pond. I have crossed um, many a pond in my time, but I would say the one in my backyard. It was rather small, it was, uh, oh, I'd say, yay, 20 yards across. It's not terribly big. Did you get wet? You're an old creep, aren't you? That is my two-word description, yes. Um, I would say that, uh, wouldn't you like to know? That's what I would say to that question. I, I would, that is why I asked. Well... Yes. Great. <laughs> um, and uh, Lilibeth Spalding dresses in a long, white Victorian gown. Mm, very haunted. <laughs> if I had to describe myself in two words or less, I would say old fancy. <laughs> I, why did we both pick old people? I don't know. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. Interesting. Amanda, uh, bring uh, it in with the twelve-year-old. Let's go. Uh, hi. Yep. I'm Kathy. Uh, I am she/her pronouns. I have short brown hair. I've got two brown eyes. Two of them. And I would describe myself as scared. Thank you. <laughs> so if you want to hear Haunted Hearts in all its insane, frightastic, goofy, goopy glory, head on over to patreon.com slash today. And you know what? I had a dream this morning. Yeah, and I was dreaming about... Uh, 
Well, I was dreaming about Jerry Benetados and John Mitchell, Victoria Madrid, Greta and Beignet, and Alejandro Lopez, you were there. And Ace Andrews, you were there. Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, the Lazy Tortoise was there. And I was dreaming about Morgan Holly and Salty and Evie Power and Adrian Bundy and Sam Olivos and Jordan Cobb. I just, I just, all right, you caught me in a good mood, all right? But thank you guys so much. Speaking of dreams, this is my dream job, okay? So tell your friends, I want to make it my real job, all right? We love you guys. We always will. We always do. Enjoy the month of spooks and candy and enjoy the rest of this episode. All right, I'll see you again. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, Giancarlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drimbus would enjoy it, so please check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy. Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with us if you're into adventure. A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up. There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy. Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have, like, a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? That'll literally. <laughs> Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just take uh, cover. Okay. She's, she's a good pilot, everyone. Very good. Very good. She's very good. And, and friendship. friendship. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now you'll start to see Fable and Folly Network shows are offering bonus content to all existing and new supporters. Find exclusive new episodes from shows like Civilized and Realms of Peril and Glory. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. Let's roll for cross-examination. Defense, you have plus eight uh, with disadvantage. Do you want me to roll or do you, do you want to roll? Yeah, you, you, you roll. I got, I'm very bad with rolls. Uh-oh. That was a seven. But plus eight is 15. Yes, yeah, 15. And then you roll again. Hopefully it's higher. That's a six. No, it's not. So 14. Well, they got an 18. Either way, we were fucked. Yeah. Oh.
it looks like pretty much all of the mummies are like <laughs> like they're they're starting to give you dirty looks with those glowing yellow eyes. We've got another shot, Gary. Don't worry. We will now hear the closing statements from both the prosecution and the defense. Let the prosecution begin. Your Honor, I think it is very simple. The defendants are guilty for the annihilation of an entire town. We can speculate endlessly, as we have, on motive and intent, uh, whether they were fleeing the scene because they were guilty or because they were threatened, regardless of anything. Even if they really were under duress, if, if they felt that that was true, breaking this staff was, as Ostrogon the wizard has pointed out, an act of negligence. Even if they had no clue that that was going to be the outcome, would they still be free from the repercussions? If you shoot a crossbow into somebody not knowing its effects, are you free from those consequences? Case in point, we honor responsibility in the courthouses, as Mr. Phelps has gone to great lengths to point out. Our very judge, Judge Enigmatos, abandoned his post last night because he felt he had failed his people in upholding the consequences of the power he was wielding. By breaking that staff, you must face up to the consequences of the power you held in that moment. They destroyed not only a people, but a group of ancestors' history that is lost to time. One of the most sacred things that we have. I see no possible outcome other than punishment for their actions. I rest my case. Thank you, prosecution. The defense may now make their closing statement. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what we have here is as follows. A couple wanderers traveling through town are suddenly attacked by a group of ancestral zombies. Uh, their master had sent them, you know, carelessly to their own demise. We were kidnapped against our will, and even when trying to escape, we were met with more hostility until the very end, when in an attempt to free us all from this suppressor, a staff blew up an entire town, but a town that is only about 60 feet in diameter. So it's not really a town. Let's calm down with that. All right. And uh, yeah, uh, I will admit I did not know the uh, repercussions of breaking a magical staff, but this was not our intention. It's a pretty weak thing, but it's all I got. <laughs> did, oh, you did solid. Thank you, defense. Roll disadvantage plus two. I'll roll it because I gave it so. Critical fail. Let's just get it over. Oh, <laughs> they didn't even roll well this time. Yikes. Now, before I dismiss the jury to their chamber to come to a verdict, I will say now that I would like to give the defense one final option. Mm -hmm. If the defense feels that their trial has not been fair, they may request a trial by combat. Whoa, okay. I am all for that. <laughs> the mummies seem very disturbed. <laughs> However, they will be tried separately in that affair. Paluman is like, is flipping furiously through the pamphlet trying to find the section on trial by combat. <laughs> Hold on here. Let's see what she's got. The defense will have a few moments to consider this option. Uh, Your Honor, let's say we were to avoid the trial by combat. What would a guilty verdict for this charge look like? 
probably death. I couldn't tell you that, because then you might choose one over the other for the wrong reasons. Uh, do we? Is it not our right to know what punishment would be? Thomas, don't worry. For crimes like these, the sentencing of guilty can vary. It is at the judge's discretion for those charges. Oh, charges could vary, very much like the effects of breaking a magical staff. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, Thomas. Um, Gary, I don't think I'm up for fighting. Thomas, you can do this. You think out the box all the time. You don't even know who your opponent is. Well, okay, but Jessica... It could be a leaf. Right, but Jessica's the one, you know, calling the shots here. I, I feel like if we got a guilty verdict, she could let us off the hook or a lighter sentence. I think she's trying to give us an out because she knows this is, uh, you know, corrupt. Oh, Jesus. This book better save my ass. All right. Yeah. Okay. Has the defense slash accused come to a decision on the proposed motion? We have, Your Honor. We still feel as though we're innocent and we are pursuing truth and justice. Therefore, trial by combat is our way of assisting the innocent. A guilty verdict will not satisfy me because that is not what occurred. In other words, we We accept. accept. Very well, you have selected trial by combat. I will now ask the court, who shall be our champion? They all look around like this is very unconventional. They're all confused. And of course, Paluman kneels and he goes, it would be my honor to fight for the court. Wonderful. I appreciate you, Paluman. However, if I may. Yes. Could we get some clarification as to the rules around this trial by combat? Yes, well, there'll be weapons provided. Oh, that's true. All your gears annihilated. <laughs> All participants will be given an equal opportunity to the same set of weaponry that either party has available to them. Very well. Jessica is like kind of scrambling because she was not necessarily anticipating Gary and Thomas to choose this path. (laughs) Very well. We will take them to the pit. Yes, the pit beneath this floor. Yes, the pit. And one by one, they will face off against the champion. So you want me to fight both of them? If there is no other champion necessarily to... uh... He looks around at all of the other reclaimers and like pretty much all of them in unison just like very questioningly like raise their hand like I think I have the answer. I'm not sure. It should be prosecution versus defense. Yeah, (laughs) that's a great idea, Your Honor. This trial by combat is not meant to cause more murder. The first man, mer, or monster to be brought down to zero HP and fall unconscious, but not die, will be the loser. The victor will be found with a favorable verdict. That's a little more reassuring. I thought maybe you were just going to be sending people to their immediate death, which you know what I'm all for, but as you wish, Your Honor. Wonderful. All right, to the pit. Who shall I challenge first? The defense will choose who will fight first. I raise my hand. Very well, Mr. Magvile. You will enter the pit. As you say this, eight of the Anubi charge over near some of the sarcophagi that the mummies are in, and they place their staves into divots and rotate it as well. And the center of the chamber kind of parts in the middle, and that elaborate painted sandstone floor opens into a big sandy pit, and there are stairs going down the left and right sides. And you see the mummies just like, they're stirring. They are not happy with whatever's going on here. They're going (laughs) Paluman, as he prepares, he says 
Shall we dismiss the jury? Unless the jury would like to watch the events unfold to see the justice being done, they are excused. And all of the eight reclaimers slide the lids on the sarcophagi shut. You continue to hear some of the story from inside. As Palumon picks up his spear and he says, Anatri. Bring the defense options. Anatre goes off to one of the chambers to the right of the pyramid and eventually comes back with this big, like, heavy, it looks like some sort of leather sack. And Anatre opens it on the defense's table. And you see there is a scimitar, a spear, a bow and arrow, and a shield. Oh, thank God. Okay. that's I'm glad. Yeah. So I pick up a scimitar and a shield. The prosecution is ready, Your Honor. You see Haluman has a shield on one arm and a spear in the other. The defense is ready, Your Honor. Very well. May justice prevail. You may now roll initiative. Roll initiative as Paluman and Gary both very dramatically walk down the steps into the sandy pit. Oh! 17. 19. Okay. Paluman is up first. He walks down the steps. You turn to face each other. He raises a shield. And then as Gary, you begin charging toward him, uh, he tosses a spear up in the air, grabs it horizontally, and launches it straight at you. Does a 15 hit? No. Oof. The spear whizzes past you and buries itself in the sand right next to you. (laughs) Gary, you're up. Yeah, after he's thrown it, his body is lurched forward from the throw while he's open. Gary comes in for the swing. Does a 14 hit? No, it just barely misses. So you swing up with the scimitar. He just barely moves to the left, and then he is going to finish spinning all the way around, leading with the shield, and he's going to try and bash you. Damn it. Uh, and he misses again. He, like, he bumps into you with the shield, but you manage to, like, put an arm up to kind of stop the hit, and it doesn't do any damage. We're now in tight quarters here. As you see him turn, and he runs over to the spear. Well, while his bag is turned, I'd like to make an opportunity attack while he's going for the spear. Yes, you can. Roll that. Okay, I think a 24 should hit. 24 hits. Uh, and that is 10 damage. Oof. Paluman tries to shield bash you. He turns, he begins running, and you bring the scimitar from down from your left. You swing straight up, and it slices across his back. He stumbles, and you see he is now bleeding badly. He looks terrible as he's going in pain, trying to get to the spear desperately. And then you get to take your actual action for your uh, turn. Before I take the action, I, I look to the judge and I do like a like a thumbs up or down, like like a Roman Coliseum kind of like. Thomas is vigorously putting his thumbs up. <laughs> Jessica kind of looks confused and she's like, I have said the terms of what this should be. <laughs> Gary, Gary goes for the swing. <laughs> a 15? Barely misses. You swing just as he stumbles from the first hit, and your sword just slices right over. As he drops the shield, picks up that spear, and swings it and tries to thrust into you. Does a 20 hit? No. What? With the shield, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And he thrusts into you, and you just sidestep as the spear flies past. You're up. On the sidestep, I want to finish the cut. 23 should hit. And you finish the cut. You don't even need to roll for damage. You slice up across the chest this time. And Paluman falls unconscious and bleeding with a whimper. <laughs> I sheath the sword. Actually, I don't have the thing, right? So I can't do that. I'm naked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, I guess you just... I just... I stand there kind of like... 
you know, concerned, like, look what you've done, Jessica. Thomas is in the stands <laughs> going, yes, Gary, rip his heart out, yes. Ostrogon has a little foam finger, uh, and he's waving it around, going, everything's just barbaric, but exciting. <laughs> the gods have spoken, or not gods, in this case, you the know. ancient ones have spoken. That question is still up in the air, but... This trial of combat has come to a close. Mr. Gary Mogbile, you are hereby found not guilty, and you are free to go, and all charges on you have been dismissed. You hear incredible stirring inside the sarcophagi. Order, order in the court. Two of the Anubi look to you, Jessica, as I have to say, can we go help Paluman? And Jessica nods. And they run down and they pick up Paluman and carry him off to another chamber, presumably to try and bandage his wounds and help him not die. And then they're looking around to be like, who's going to step up now? And everyone is very nervous all of a sudden. And Anatre kind of like raises a trembling hand and goes, I will fight for the Cart. Very well, Anatre. Thank you. Mr. Phelps. Oh boy. Please approach the table and select your weapon. Where do I go? Gary, you sit down next to Ostrogon and he has the foam finger and somehow he has popcorn and he offers you some. This is going to be quite good. Are your spells still like disabled in here? Yes, I think so. <clears throat> Wait, they are? Oh. Y- yeah, we're, we're still in the pyramid. Uh, I would like to request a fight outside. The back alley. Cash me outside. How about that? (laughs) Your request, Mr. Phelps, has been denied. The pit is where we shall fight, and the pit Uh, is where you shall stay. This court is being unfair. I'm at a severe disadvantage if I'm not fighting outside. You have been provided the weaponry just the same as the champion of the court. But I don't get my spells, Jessica. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, Let me think here. Ah, uh, yeah, no, there's nothing I could do. Gonna have to fight. I'll take the shield and the spear. You pick it as Anatre picks up the bloodied shield and spear from Paluman. The prosecution is ready. <sighs> I guess I'm ready. Well then, may the second trial by combat commence. Roll your initiative. Four. Ooh, they got an 11, so. Anatre's up first as they walk down the stairs. You see a smattering of blood across the ornate gold and blue shield as they grip the spear and, taking a cue out of Palamon's book, throw it up and launch it toward you, Thomas, in the sandy pit. Oh, God. There's an 18 hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you take... You take two piercing damage as the spear flies to you and lodges itself in your thigh. Oh, jeez. Ow. Thomas, maybe if you tell truths, you heal. (laughs) I'm a skeleton. Does that even hurt me? I can't breathe. I can't eat. Oh, yeah. It just chips part of your bone. Like, your bone just... As it lodges itself in there. Can I die from harm? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, you can. All right. Um, with the power of justice, I'm hoping my book can break through magic spells. Is it reacting in any way? You can try something. I don't want to waste anything. <laughs> my, okay. Bahamut, are you going to help me out, buddy? This magic spell should be nothing for you, right? You're not, you're not meditating. You can't talk to him right now. Oh, jeez. With the power of truth and justice and my shield in front of me, I'm going to pull out my book and I'm going to cast Agonizing Blast. Attempt to. Roll that. 20. Not natural. Not natural? Not natural. 
Nothing happens. Motherfucker. Then I'll back up. I got nothing. So you summon Muhammad and you call upon this book and you try to release this blast and just you're not penetrating through whatever magics are here. As you see Anatre charging up toward you, uh, he is going to try and pull that spear out of your femur as he bashes you with the shield. Does a... Oh. Does a three hit? No. You duck backwards. You almost end at a perfect 90 degree angle, like your bones just lock into place as you move out of the way. And Anatre yanks the spear out of your femur. It is your turn. I'm gonna go at it with the spear. 16? Just barely hits. Roll for damage. Four. You're coming up from that 90 degree matrix twist that you just did. And as you come up, you're so close to Anatre that you just drive the spear straight into their gut. And then they look at you with some sort of very strong conviction in their eyes as they grab the spear with two hands and try and just slam it into you. Oh shit, they're not doing well. Does a seven hit? No. They take those two hands and try and drive it into you and it flies between your rib cage. And you manage to not take any damage as they withdraw it back out. Your turn. Come on, Thomas. I'm gonna drop the shield and I'm gonna attack with the spear. 14. You drop the shield and you swing at a notch and you just barely miss. You like yank the first stab out of their gut and like and then you go to stab again and they sidestep just a little bit. Spear already drawn and they're gonna try and aim right for your sternum and try and shatter it. Does a Jesus Christ. Does a 15 hit? Now, yeah, it does. Oh bad time to drop the shield, buddy. Oh, they do nine piercing damage. He's dead. As they shatter your sternum, your ribcage kind of flays open and you fall just like paralyzed. You can't sleep, but like you are just completely immobilized. And Anatre looks up to Jessica and pumps the spear in the air. This trial by combat has concluded. Two of the other Anubai immediately run down and pick up Thomas and see him and they start trying to heal you somehow. You are a skeleton. So they're just trying to put things back in place. They pull out a little urn full of this like plaster material and start putting it on your sternum to try and make like a cast for you to hold everything in place as you stabilize come back at one hp and wake up to the voice of judge jessica felcher mr phelps you have been found guilty in trial by combat of the charges leveled against you it is now my sacred duty to commute a sentence upon you i will give you a choice You can either submit replacement ancestors equal to the number destroyed, or you are to be banished back to your region where you will remain for 11 seasons, each season equal to the lives taken. The choice is yours. I have to go back to my region or just go away from this region? You must return to your region. I'm going to... Bit on the ground. I'm gonna say this trial is a sham with your bones. A tooth flies out onto the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this trial is a sham. I'm not gonna follow along with, with this, these useless choices. All this was was a roadblock for what I'm trying to do. A waste of time. I'm completely innocent. I didn't break the staff. This is absurd. So I'm not going to choose. Do with me what you will. Very well. You will be sent back to the Eastern Orgaic region where you will remain for 11 seasons. And if I don't comply? Then you will be held in contempt of your sentence and you will be brought to justice. This court is adjourned.
and Jessica bangs the gavel. Come on, Thomas, let's just get the fuck out of here. Ostrogon. Yes. How many teleportation spells do you have left? He's rested. He's good. Send me as far west as you can. Whoa. Not in here, though. You can't do it here. Wait, yeah, wait till we get outside. <laughs> Ostrogon looks over his shoulder to Jessica. Jessica has started coming down from the judge's bench, and she has gone to go and check on Paluman and make sure that he's doing okay. And you see Jessica just walks off into one of the chambers to the right. She's gone, man. She's corrupt with power. Forget about her. We've still got a job to do. Gary, Ostrogon, you are to meet me at Mallow and Shores. Mr. Phelps, I only have one teleportation spell. It could kill you. He's never been there. It would be incredibly dangerous. But we're closer. It shouldn't be that bad, right? I still don't know the location. Without knowing it myself, the the effects are unpredictable. We saw how it went last time. And you are looking, even though you're a skeleton, somehow looking in shambles. Perhaps we need to return home. Or if you really want to continue, you might have to just go on foot. Can anyone heal popcorn? Anyone got a healing spell? (laughs) I think the horses rested after our long rest, too. So Well... Anyone have a disguise for me? Take my cloak. I just like, now I'm naked again. All right. (laughs) I put that around me. I put a little hood on my head and I say, uh, if you two at some point want to meet me over there after you've rested or do what you needed to do, then meet me there. I'll I'll, I'll be staying at an inn where I could find one in that town. Just don't tell Jessica where I am. Just if anyone asks, I'm I'm home. I'm back in my apartment and I'm not doing anything. Okay. At this point in time, Jessica's going to come back in and she's going to look around and see if any of the reclaimers are still kind of around. Yeah, bunch of them. Uh, you guys that can all go in and uh, go and look after Paluman for a moment. Make sure that he's uh, doing okay. Go and look after your brother in arms there for a moment. Yes, you are not. And they get into a single file line and head into the chamber. You hear the mummies in the sarcophagi going... Listen, you guys, Don't I... talk to us, Jessica. Walk away. You made your choice. If you want to stay here and be a judge, then stay here and be a judge. I didn't want it to go that way. I was only doing what was required of me as a judge of this place now. <sighs> oh, a trial by combat was required of you? It wasn't required, but it's always given as an option. And y- the ability to fight us like that in court was your choice? That was what was required of you? Thomas, just as you strive for the truth, I also strive for the truth. I didn't lie up there ever. I just only told the truth as it was. Oh, and Gary being innocent in this and me being guilty is the truth. I died. I didn't break anything. You found no truth. You know we were both innocent. We were fighting for our lives. You were playing games up there. You were were on this power trip. Uh, I I don't know what became of you. Gary is a witness to this as well. He was saying over and over again how ridiculous you were being. So, therefore, I once again fire you. You you could go now. Very well, Thomas. I won't bother you anymore. But know this. I still care about you guys. I do. And I know it didn't necessarily come across, but... I hope that you work with and stick to your sentence because the consequences could be very severe and I don't want to see you hurt. The consequences that you caused. I gave you an option, Thomas. You refused to take it. Come on, Thomas. Let's go. I can't tell you what to do anymore. Let's go, Thomas. Ostrogon, come. And uh, I'm going to guide Thomas at like help him out to outside of the pyramid, hopefully with Ostrogon. Yeah, Ostrogon helps you. We can offer you some transportation if uh, Ostrogon is not feeling well enough to take you all back. We don't need Eastern anything Ordea. from you. Very well. Goodbye. And with that, Jessica will turn and 
return uh, into the chamber with the other reclaimers. All right, we're going to walk outside. You guys walk outside. You step outside the pyramid. It is now like high noon, essentially. The sun is right overhead, blasting down. Tony the Pony runs up to you. Gary starts brushing up against you. And to your surprise, Thomas, Popcorn does the same for you. Very out of line, very affectionate. And very smelly. Is Tony like licking my face like a dog? Yes. You did good, boy. Yeah. <laughs> popcorn, I'm sorry to have worried you. And I, I I, pet popcorn affectionately as well. Well, I'm going to become a hunted man very soon. Well, maybe not hunted. Hopefully they believe that I'm going back home and they leave me alone. Because I am leaving this town. I'm not going to bother them. So I think I'll be okay. But I could be hunted. Thomas, maybe, um, I don't know. You can rest up at home and then Ostrogon can send you. Again, we'd just be in the same situation. It, it would be rather risky. It, it seems we are part of the way here. Yeah, this is the closest we'll get, as far as I know. So, are you sure you'll be able to handle this journey on your own, oh, Mister Mogbile? Are you entirely opposed to moving with him? I can move with him, Gary. I don't want to keep you from your family. If you need to go back home, I I understand, but I will say, don't say this often. So, take from it what you will. I I do need you all. So. Having you with me would be big help. Thomas, this is all my fault, okay? I'm gonna help you. It's not your fault, Gary. I wanted the same thing, too. Besides, the Gary that Grizabeth knows is no longer alive, so... I left her a good sum of money. I I wanted to stay a little happier before we break the news. Are you sure? If, if there comes a moment, uh, I'm sure... I mean, I'm free to move about. You're the one that's uh, hunted now. Well, I don't have much time left anyway, so going back home and wasting more time wouldn't really help me anyway. Just got to keep doing what I'm doing. So, yeah. I think I'm going to travel with you. Gary, I'm promoting you from senior assistant to right hand of the lead defense attorney. Congratulations. Ostrogon, do you want to go home or come with us? There are hoagies to be had, Mr. Mockbile. I was serious, Ostrogon. You are not laying a finger on a hoagie after what you did in there. You will watch me eat one whole. Mr. Phelps, I will have that hoagie. Now get on your horse, and we are moving west. I'd like to see you try. Okay, let's get on a horse. <laughs> I will. You will see me try. You'll see me succeed. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, we'll see about you. See about that. There are no hoagies, Ostrogon, okay? There's no hoagies. I lied. What? And you ride in silence through the desert <laughs> as you head west. We zoom to Jessica in the pyramid, standing at one of the window gaps, watching as her party, her friends, ride out west. She sighs. She turns to the Anubi next to her and goes, Well, I guess he's made his choice. You know what to do. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, Michael Pisani as Jessica Feltra, and Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mockbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM. Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Nicholas Benetados and Giancarlo Herrera. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash 
Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our After the Show show, After the Drimpus, where we discuss behind the scenes and secrets, free exclusive merch, and the chance to create items for the campaign or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons and Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuckett here. You know, rumor was, Spaceship Oz-9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz-9? Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship. MCCACEC is a normal institution of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do you know, I am now the only assassin aboard the ship. What are you doing, Elaine? I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits the fan. Aren't they the most ridiculous people I've ever met? Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the Oz9's adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there. <laughs>